Hello, everybody. Welcome. As we uh, continue on in our study uh, in the Old Testament, right now in the book of Genesis, we're working through the Bible uh, chapter at a time. We spent five years on the New Testament, and we got through all of that, and then we started oh, a little over a year ago now working through the Old Testament together. We have worked 40 chapters. Um, we're in the 40th chapter of the book of Genesis. And I tell you all the time, it's good to work through the Bible this way. It helps to keep it in context. And um, we talked about that all the time in our study, the New Testament, how important context was. And now in the Old Testament, we're, um, you, can, you can learn a lot about what we learn in the New Testament as you see things happening in the Old Testament. All of a sudden, if you didn't know that in the Old Testament, you go, oh, that's why that's going on, or that's why they said that, or that's what was happening then. So... Um, as we've been going through Genesis, I have told you there's four main events I want you to remember, there's four main people I want you to remember, and one sort of big theme. And so I go over them every week just because I, I feel like after we've done it 50 times, you should be able to tell me what they are. That's my hope. Um, and so the four main events in the book of Genesis are creation, and the fall, and the flood, and the Tower of Babel. All of those things happen in the first 11 chapters uh, of the book of Genesis. It's what starts the book. Starting in Genesis chapter 12 really shifts to four, the lives of four main people. A lot of other people involved, I get that, but four main people that you should know, and they are Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Um, that's very important that you would know those things, and all of those people will be mentioned in the New Testament as well. The main theme... Is, we call, is what we call the crimson thread of redemption. That starts in Genesis 3.15, right after the fall. You should know that verse. It's a key verse in the Bible. From that point in time, you can watch this thread of redemption weaving its way through the entire Old Testament and taking you right up to the cross in what happens and redemption. And, and you can watch the enemy fight against it and you can see God protecting it. You can watch what takes place throughout the entire thing, and it sort of helps you as you kind of hold all this stuff in tension together um, in the Old Testament, as you work through the covenants and the kings and, the, you know, the time of uh, history of judges and all, all those things that are happening um, in the process. So we are working our way now into uh, Genesis 40, and we're primarily dealing with, at this point in time, the life of Joseph. Jacob is still alive. But um, Joseph has become the center of the story at this point in time. And if you remember Joseph, um, his, um, his brothers didn't care for him. He was, his, he was Jacob's favorite. Jacob had given him a really nice robe. They were jealous of that. Um, Joseph had a couple of dreams where uh, in his dreams he was in charge of all of them. And uh, none of the brothers cared for that. They were all out in the field one day and they decided uh, Joseph came along with something, and uh, they said, let's, let's just kill this guy. We don't like him. This is their own brother. And uh, the older brother said, well, no, we can't kill him. Let's just throw him in a pit. And um, then, then he was going to rescue him from the pit, but while he was busy getting something, the, some traders, the Ishmaelite traders came by, and the brothers sold Joseph into slavery. Nice group, right? Um, so that's his brothers. And I guess they're like, yeah, see how that dream works now. Uh, and so Joseph has been taken off to, um, uh, to Potiphar's house. There is where he was last in, in, uh, in Potiphar's house. 
He serves well. Everything prospers under him. Remember Potiphar's wife, who's the captain of the guard. She accuses him of trying to uh, attack her sexually, which he did not do. We know that for a fact. You know, it said so. He, he, was, he was absolutely going in the other direction. She tore his garment from him. That's the second garment he loses. And uh, first one was the multicolored robe. That's gone, or the nice robe. Second garment, the one that, that Potiphar's wife takes off of him when he flees from her. Um, she tells her husband, her husband has been put in prison, even though he had done nothing wrong. And um, that's sort of where the story is right now. So Joseph, as we head into Genesis 40, um, he's in prison. Uh, he's been imprisoned, and, um, and yet it, it doesn't take long. Um, we're not exactly sure how long it takes, but it, uh, it doesn't take long where all of a sudden um, the prison warden um, recognizes that God is with him and on him and basically turns over the running of the prison to Joseph. And everything that Joseph does, once again, prospers. God is blessing uh, Joseph, and he's blessing everybody around Joseph. And, um, and so this is a new situation. Now, um, you, you would often think, Joseph, really high moral character, doing the next right thing. How come these bad things were happening to Joseph? And sometimes, you know, it's a fallen world, broken planet. Sometimes things happen. And it doesn't, you know... It doesn't mean that he wasn't doing what he should have been doing. However, God, who causes all things to work together for good, takes these situations and uses them to prepare Joseph for what's coming up. Because pretty soon, this, this kid, basically, at like 30 years of age, is going to be in charge of the biggest country in the world at that point in time. You think about that. So he's coming from pretty humble sort of beginnings to... So in this process, he's learning what this looks like and, and who God is and that he can trust God regardless of circumstance and, um, and that there's, you know, a lot in his relationship with God. So, again, um, it's not a perfect situation. And certainly Joseph doesn't want to be in prison, but God will use it in the process to help him do things. So I, I get a kick out of this. Um, so before I was a Christian, uh, you know, just happened last week, um, before I was a Christian, so I, I was 25 years old when I gave my life to the Lord, and I used to work in nightclubs. That's what I did. I ran bars and nightclubs and kitchens and all those things, and I, um, I even, at that point in time, so that would have been in the 80s, you know, um, I would often spin music, you know, two turntables, and I spun records and had to talk to people and get them up dancing and everything. It was part of what I would do, running clubs, and then um, I'd attend bar, and I would, I would talk to people there. Uh, and because a lot of people will tell a bartender like all sorts of stuff that, and I used to dispense advice like I knew something. <laughs> really scares me now. I'm like, really? What were you thinking? Anyway, I wasn't thinking much. I was partying. However, I learned a lot about people and about all sorts of stuff in that period of time. So it certainly wasn't, you know, uh, you would think, well, that's like wasted time. Really wasn't. A lot of that stuff. Um, you know, was sort of training ground for me in all sorts of ways. That once I did get saved and, and clean my act up, um, there was a lot of things that were, you know, learned. I learned how to talk to people. I learned how to talk in front of people. I, I learned how to, you know, be in front of people. Um, where, you, you know, so God used all that, right? And so God will often use situations in our life to prepare us for what's, um, what's coming up in our lives that we, we can't even imagine. And, and, uh, and so I, I, I sort of think, you know, uh, here's Joseph now. Now, you know, I hadn't been doing the, the next right thing by a long shot. But Joseph had been, and yet he's in these bad situations. And yet God will use them. I think it's important for us 
to know that. And, and he's, think about now, he's sitting in his prison and he's got these dreams that God gave him. Remember we looked at where he's, he knows that something's up, but he's having to wait. And uh, a lot of times that's the hardest for us is waiting. And, you know, I would encourage you again before we get into this thing, if you've, if you've been given, you know, dreams from God or visions from God about things that are going to happen, you haven't seen them, just know that, you know, it's, it's um, delays are not God's denial of those things. And, uh, and we learn patience and we learn how to wait on Him and we learn how to trust in Him. Uh, where if we just sort of stepped right into everything that was coming, we, we probably wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, and so there's a, there's a learning process and things that we have to do um, in those things. Even, even, you know, after I got, fairly soon after I got saved, I felt a real calling into the ministry. And I had no idea what that was even all about. I had no church experience, none. You have to know, I had zero church experience before I got saved. Absolutely none. And, and literally within weeks of coming to Christ, I felt this, had these dreams and things about, it was like, I had no idea how that would ever happen. And yet God begins to put things into process. Now, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it took, I had to go and study and I had to, I had to get prepared and do those things and had to do a lot of other things along the way. And I'm like, no, you told me I was going to be in the ministry. And it took, it took some years before those doors began to open. But um, he, was, he was teaching me in the journey. And, and so you, you have to wait on those things and let patience, you know. The Bible says in James 1, uh, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so... It's a, you know, it's a working process. Just, all of that's no extra charge. Um, uh, also, J- Joseph learns a skill here. He learns how to interpret dreams. Um, and, and it wasn't something that we, now he's been given dreams. We know he's been thinking about dreams. But he's going to get to interpret a couple of dreams here in prison, which is a pretty big deal. And is what God will ultimately use to elevate him in Egypt because he's going to interpret one of Pharaoh's dreams. And uh, so that's going to be a significant thing. So that's coming. And um, we're going to meet in Genesis 40. Um, wow. Two pretty high officials that are going to end up in trouble here. Um, and it's Pharaoh's um, chief butler. It's, also, it's usually translated now cupbearer, but, but, but butler and the royal baker. So these, are, these, would, have been the, these would have been two very important um, positions um, around Pharaoh because they would have had his ear and they would have been in, in, in the room all the time when things were happening. They would have been considered very important, not like, like servants or at all, really part of the whole deal. And, and um, one of them would have tasted everything before he drank it and been responsible for all the vines, uh, the vineyards and everything. And the other one would have been responsible for the food and would taste everything before it got to Pharaoh, both of which, if anybody was trying to kill Pharaoh by poisoning him, were in effect taking that bullet for him. So, uh, these were a big deal, dreams were a big deal, and uh, these are pretty fascinating dreams that Joseph is going to interpret, and the interpretations will come true, and, uh, and so let's dig in, see what happens, and we'll go from there. So Genesis 40, this is actually a pretty short chapter, beginning in verse 1. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, 
each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why are your faces so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches of three days. Within three days, Pharaoh's will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I've done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, I just I always picture this guy because the cup the cupbearer got a really good interpretation of his dream. So he's pretty excited about. So if you haven't read this, just listen. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you off your head and hang you on a tree, <laughs> and the birds will eat away your flesh. And so now at that point, you got to hope he's not hearing from God, right? <laughs> Now, I shouldn't laugh. I'm so sorry. Now, the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that once again he put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, Joseph, just as Joseph said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Blessed be the word of the Lord. That's Genesis 40. So, let's dig in and uh, talk about what's happening there. So, again, the, the cupbearer, the chief baker, would have been um, two of the most trusted men in Pharaoh's kingdom. Baker was in charge of making all the Pharaoh's food, um, and the cupbearer would have tasted the food and, and been in charge of the vineyards and all sorts of other things, and, and the, the tasted the wine uh, and anything that went into his hand. And so we don't know what their offense was, but they went out of favor with Pharaoh, and he had them tossed into prison. And so... Um, and, and these guys would have been, they would have had hundreds of servants underneath them. These were very important guys, okay? The butler, you know, the cupbearer, um, oversaw the vineyards, as I said, and the sellers, lots of servants. The baker, the cook, um, would have had, you know, soup, would have supervised everything relating to and providing um, meals um, for the royal table uh, and, you know, anybody that was there. So these were very, very important people. But uh, as I said, verse 3, whatever they had done, um, they were, he had them tossed into prison um, until such time as their case could be investigated. Remember, no right to a speedy trial or anything. A lot of times these people just went into prison and until somebody decided, no, we should probably see what's going on with that. Um, there you stayed, guilty until proven innocent. Um, so uh, they have dreams. Each one of them has a dream. Um, it's neat when you, we've talked a lot about Joseph's character. Joseph can tell that they're not okay, that they're dejected. He notices that in them. A lot of people might skip over that. 
But he notices that and he says something about it. And um, they, they say, uh, you know, that they've had these dreams and they don't know what they mean. And Joseph says, well, all dreams belong, you know, God doesn't God interpret dreams? So let me, let me have a shot at it and maybe God will, um, you know, let me help you in this process. And, um, and so, you know, they, they, uh, they share their dreams with him, as we said. And the, the first one, you know, in my dream, there was a vine before me. And it, um, uh, you know, it, it's a picture of the, the cupbearer, you know, once again, taking care of, of the Pharaoh with uh, presenting him with a cup in his hand. And Joseph, you know, in verses 12 through 15, you know, says, In three days you're going to be restored to all the honors and privileges of your office. And uh, um, there you go. And then, you know, he kind of puts this little tag on the end. A lot of debate about the tag where he says, hey, when you get free, please uh, mention me to Pharaoh. And so, you know, um, I don't see an issue with it, but sometimes some of the debate is that there he was trying to take matters into his own hand instead of trusting in the Lord and uh, kind of saying, you know, put in a plug for me. Um, But the guy doesn't, just so you know. And it's another two years before it comes around again. So anyway, but um, but he, you know, he, I don't think his motive was that. I think he was trying to really help these guys. And so I don't, I don't know that. I, I'm, hey, you're going to be restored in three days. Get me out of here. Seems reasonable. <laughs> Who knows? I might, I probably would have said that he did not want to be in this dungeon, right? So I can imagine myself saying the exact same thing. And then the other dream comes up: three white baskets and. Um, these would have been things he would have carried, the food. He would have made sure the food was getting there as well. And um, uh, wicker baskets would have been used. But, but back in, in the time, historically, we know that um, there were a lot of, like, vultures and stuff. Um, who, uh, uh, so it wouldn't have been unusual for food to be attacked. It was being carried by, by different types of birds, um, eagles, whatever they might have been. They'd just swoop in and get the food uh, and... Um, and, at, and actually in place in the Middle East that still happens where, where those things are going on and so the, it's part of the dream but, and uh, Joseph's interpretation of this dream was rough uh, you know in three days dude you're done he'll lift up your head and in fact execution back then um, the, the, um, the criminal's body would have been released from its head by decapitation as, as well and then the body placed on a stick so it was very figurative of what was going to happen to this poor guy um, in three days, you and can you? I can't even imagine that. Can you? You'd have to hope it wasn't right. You know what I mean? It took three days to have to deal with that. So anyway, verse twenty uh, through twenty-two. After the third day, Pharaoh's birthday, big holiday that he celebrates. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you want to do on your birthday? I'm done with you, and you can come back. Yeah, it was a real party. Um, and so, sure enough, just as uh, the Lord had given Joseph the interpretation of the dreams, these are the things that happened, and, and um, uh, they happened just the way Joseph saw them and, and as he interpreted the dreams. Um, but then, you know, when Pharaoh's cupbearer was freed, he forgets all about Joseph, and two years pass um, before another opportunity comes up in the next, in Genesis 41. Um, and so, he has to wait two more years. To, and remember, he, he hasn't done anything wrong. 
It's just two more years in a dungeon um, waiting for something to happen. And, and so, you know, I, sometimes I, I look at the things, so the stories like that when we're having to wait. Waiting is very difficult sometimes. Um, but uh, ultimately, we have to learn to trust God and that He's got us and He does cause things to work together for good and we can wait on Him and look to Him and uh, learn from Him. And Joseph learns a lot in this time and does interpret these dreams and learns about that. Uh, it's, it's very significant in what's going to happen next. So, if you've been waiting a long time for something, hang in there and uh, know that you can trust God. He's good. And that's good for today. Um, it's a short chapter. If you're watching my video, thank you. Appreciate you doing that. Come and see us when you get a chance. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a spot for prayer right there. And uh, we'll pray for you. But uh, good night.